This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. I always like to win, but winning big puts us on the path to sustainable long-term wins. And that to me is the real fun. And as each one of us are different, our paths to win are different. In this podcast, it's truly a pleasure and an honor to bring to you leaders from all walks of life who come in and share from around the world their secrets to win big. And that is incredible. In that spirit today, it truly is an honor to share a conversation with Daryl Amy. Daryl can be described in literally two words, growth architect. You want to grow, you talk to Daryl. He helps companies not only grow, but accelerate revenue growth. And I really think that is very important because the word accelerate is that's what we'll focus on a lot today is sometimes it's easy to figure out growth, sometimes on the book, but once you accelerate growth, that has to be real growth putting you on the path to win big. Daryl serves on Forbes Business Council and also a C-Suite's network advisor. He's the author of bestseller, Revenue Growth Engine. This is a book which released Daryl, what, six months, six weeks or eight weeks back? Yeah, just a couple months ago. And it immediately was an Amazon bestseller list and incredible content. Welcome, Daryl. Thank you. It's great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation today. It's always fun when we get to spend time together, Arjun. I always look forward to Daryl and you are so, you know, so insightful. So Daryl, let's just talk about, because I set this up about you being that super expert that help businesses grow. So first I want to go in a totally different angle. I want to ask what gets you excited to help businesses grow? Yeah, and I do get excited. You know, when you walk into a business, you can usually tell what kind of business you're walking into. Either you're walking into a business where there's growth, which means people are excited, they're energetic. You can just feel it inside a business. Whereas if you go inside a business, it's not growing. You can feel that vibe as well. And I get excited about going into businesses that are growing because I know that what's going on there is, is two things. First of all, they're creating meaningful jobs. And right now, you know, especially right now, we need to create more meaningful work. And gr- when a company grows, they're able to create meaningful jobs. And the thing I'm most passionate about is nonprofits. I serve on the board of, of two different nonprofits. And I've noticed the people that move the needle the most are businesses, business leaders that are generous. And so I know when I'm going into a growing business that the fruit of that business is not just meaningful jobs. It's also the giving that happens back into the community. And, and all of that adds up to make the world a better place. So when it comes to growing revenue, I get really excited about helping companies grow because of the impact those organizations are able to have on the world. I love that. And right away, Daryl, what you shared is your excitement comes from seeing the impact 
And I, I think that was great wisdom immediately at the beginning itself to show it's not the revenue that generated for the brands you work with, but how that trickles to all the nonprofits and other areas and impacts the community and the jobs. I really think it's a big deal. It is. It is. And, you know, if you look at, at where we are right now, who's going to move, you know, in so many ways, we're facing unprecedented challenges in our world and our countries. Who is going to solve those problems? What's going to solve those problems? It's businesses driving forward and then helping the nonprofits come along uh, behind them. And in all of that, we're going to create a better world. And that gets me excited. I love that. A better world. And now, before we go to the better world, and I want to come to nonprofits in a few seconds, I want to go to the revenue growth, the core promise of your book. I just want to understand what, you know, the real uniqueness, what you have done to help businesses accelerate their revenue growth. You know, are there some key areas that you help businesses focus to achieve this? So what are things that you can share are the secrets for Daryl's accelerated revenue growth? Well, yeah, thank you for asking, by the way. And, and I, you know, there are, there are several secrets. I want to start with two today that are, are really, really critical when it comes to growing your company. The first has to do with goal setting. Um, and, and when it comes to setting revenue growth goals, we're in a challenging time right now because a lot of conservative companies I've found set goals based on what they've done historically. So they may say, well, we've experienced this, you know, percentage of growth over the last three years. So our goal next year is going to be that same number again, 10%, whatever that number is. However, that's a real challenge right now uh, for businesses. Some businesses obviously have seen a sharp decline, so I don't have a trend to work on there that's very useful. Other businesses are exploding. They've had you know whole new areas of opportunity open in front of them. And, and so in either case, how do you set growth goals what I've found is the most powerful way to set realistic growth goals, I call them aggressive but realistic goals, is to look at the two drivers of revenue growth. And if you boil it all down, I believe there are really only two ways to grow a company. Fundamentally, you either get more net new clients or, and or you grow your revenue per client. And when both of those things happen at the same time, Arjun, exciting things begin to unfold. Um, if you can accelerate your, you can accelerate your growth. If you can show reasonable growth in number of clients and simultaneously show reasonable growth in your revenue per client, when you add those two things up, uh, you see some really exciting results. I call it the law of exponential revenue growth. For example, a company that grows their number of clients by 12% and simultaneously grows their revenue per client by 12% they're actually able to double their revenue in just about 36 months, which now I've got some things I can really set some goals around. So I'm not just setting the overall revenue goal, I'm setting the goal in terms of number of clients and revenue per client. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I would say is, is think about your revenue, not just in terms of that bottom line number or top line number, but in terms of what are the two factors that drive it and how can we get more clients and sell more to our current clients? And this is, you make it so simple. To me, it takes me back to my beginning of my career in the B2C world. Mm -hmm. I remember Marge Wilson, one of my first bosses, amazing human being. She started as an admin and then she grasped the business and she evolved. 
she explained to me the way you are explaining restaurants, you know, she explained restaurants to me in very simple ways. She said, Arjun, your sales depends on how many times you open the cash register and how much you put in every time. <laughs> because I'm not that smart, Daryl. He even explained, he explained <laughs> to me that that means, Arjun, you can make thousand dollars. Yes. One time putting thousand in, or thousand times putting one in, or something in between, and based on that, your strategy can be there. So I really love the simplicity as you start going through. So as you have come here, I just have to ask this question as a friend to understand how did Daryl get here? Like, was he, was he born that smart or where did he acquire all these nuggets in this journey to get here? Well, the, uh, I don't know that I was, uh, I don't know, A, that I'm that smart or that I was certainly born this smart, but, but I did, uh, I think like a lot of us, um, most of what I've learned was, has been in the University of Hard Knocks along the way. And I spent, um, I've had a, a unique perspective in that I've spent half of my career in sales mm -hmm. and half of my career in marketing. Uh, for the first 12 years of my career, I was in B2B technology sales, sales management, um, and then ended up ultimately starting a sales training company in the technology space. Uh, when I started that sales training company, well, the fun part of my story was my very first client came to me and said, hey, Daryl, everything you taught our sales team is fantastic. However, our website doesn't say anything about it. Do you build websites? And of course, being my first client, the answer was, yes, sir, we build websites. I'd actually built several for nonprofits, but it put me now and this was 17 years ago when this happened, over the last 17 years, I've had the unique perspective of having one foot in the sales world, doing sales training, consulting with companies about sales, even helping some Fortune 500 companies build sales training programs. I've been very involved in that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've also been on this journey in the digital marketing space. So that first website turned into managing digital marketing for companies across North America and Australia, search engine optimization, social media management, inbound marketing, now account-based marketing. And so all of it, you know, what I noticed was, um, number one, there wasn't a lot of alignment in companies between sales and marketing. In fact, I think that's an understatement. You know, it's, it's kind of like your car, when you're driving your car and it's not aligned, one wheel's pulling to the left, the other wheels pulling to the right and the poor driver is just trying to get to work uh, down the freeway. Um, not only is there not a lot of alignment, really there wasn't even a common language between the two. Sales um, you know, has their focus, uh, marketing has their focus and, and there are a lot of finger pointing back and forth. And where the lights came on for me, Arjun, was when I had a, a realization, I was actually getting ready to speak at a conference uh, and I had a realization that as I looked out over that, that room uh, of marketing professionals, sales leaders, and business owners, I realized this isn't about sales. It isn't about marketing. Those are just means to an end. What's the end? The end is revenue growth. And so uh, when we started, when I started looking at things that way, everything on this journey that I'd been on in, in the sales world, in the marketing world, started to come into focus and out of that is where the revenue growth engine model emerged. I love that. And, you know, Daryl, based on the way you put things so simply, I really think your next book has to be business speaking in a simple way. Because, yeah. you know, this is a dilemma 
that every brand faced. And this weekend, I was hanging out with a few friends. Sales and marketing, they somehow, like, looks like, you know, two friends who you love, they're just married. <laughs> but somehow, you know, they try to be together, but they are not. They don't and get they, along. It's it, dysfunctional. It, it, yeah, yeah it's at like, best. And I love the three things you said are be aligned, have a common language and focus. And finally, we are not the end, but we are both means to the end and the end is revenue growth. So before I talk about the book, you know, the thing that you mentioned a few times, I just want to touch on that passion area of yours, nonprofits. Okay, what gets Daryl excited to donate his, not donate, you know, put your time into nonprofits? And what's, you know, tell me a little bit about that side of you, please. Well, I, I just, I love, uh, I love watching things grow and I, I love, I love great, I love seeing great people and great organizations succeed. And um, as a reflect on, on even the nonprofit work that I've done, it's all been around helping people or organizations grow. And so, you know, the, the reality is um, whether you're a business, whether you're a nonprofit organization, um, Every organization needs revenue. It's the lifeblood. It just so happens in the nonprofit world, you know, that revenue happens to be donations. And um, I love, I love the, I think what I love most about the nonprofit world in the, is when I look at the things that I've been involved in and nonprofits just in general, the people that I know in that space, it's highly entrepreneurial. It's people that say, you know what? I want to make a difference. There's a problem out there. I want to figure out how to solve it. And they go out and they figure out how to get things done, usually on very limited resources. And so I love the cross-pollination between business and nonprofit. Nonprofits depend on businesses, obviously, for donations, funding, and all of that. But I think there's a lot that businesses can learn from nonprofits because of their just scrappy, entrepreneurial, figure-things-out um, type uh, mindset. And so I've always really been enjoy enjoyed being in both of those worlds. And, and I think there, there's a lot we can learn, but at the end of the day, the, the societal problems that we face, um, we need nonprofit organizations to have the resources to be able to go out and solve some of those problems. Otherwise, you know, we, we, we face a world that's, that's going to have even more challenges than it has today. So um, all of this working together, saying, how can we help businesses generate more revenue? How can we then funnel that revenue through to people that are solving problems in our societies? Um, I love being at the center of all of that. That gets me jazzed. I love that. And I also think the essence of what you were sharing is all of us taking common ownership together mm-hmm. for solving our problems. It's just like in the morning when we wake up, if we don't do the bed, it magically doesn't get you know, happen. We just have to take care. And the second thing I also want to bring in front of all of us is you don't have to have a lot of revenue to donate. Okay? My grandma used to talk about a very common saying in India called tan, man, and dhan. Tan means what can you do with your body? You know, can, yes. you put it here? can you put your muscles in? Because every organization needs that. Next is the mind or the heart. Uh, you know, so my, that's the part you start going through. And third is the dhan, which is the wallet. So Nonprofits need all three, and it's whatever you can do to, you know, roll up your sleeves or to just, you know, think, help, or donate. So, of course, now I want to go back to your book. So, again, congratulations one more time. Very proud. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank so you. So what when audience members read this, what are a few big takeaways from this book? Well, we talked about setting goals and and really the book is about how to achieve your revenue goals. Now remember there are two ways to drive revenue. We get more net new clients or we cross sell more to our current clients. And Arjun, what I found in working with organizations across multiple industries, multiple sizes of companies, is typically a company is good at one or the other. They're either good at getting net new business, they've got a killer sales team that goes out and lands new deals, brings in new logos, or on the other hand, they're really good at managing their client base. Um, but maybe they struggle with getting net new business. Well, what Revenue Growth Engine is about is making sure that you've got the sales and marketing processes in place to do both simultaneously because that's when the magic happens. The good things happen when we can do net new and cross-sell simultaneously. And so what I've noticed when you go into a business, if you go into the finance department, they've got processes for accounts payable, accounts receivable, go into the HR department. What do you find? Processes, hiring, onboarding, firing, shipping and receiving as processes. Every department has processes until you go into sales and marketing. And you walk in a, a marketing department and it's like the wild west, right? It's, you know, you, you almost see the tumbleweeds blowing by um, in some cases. And, you know, a lot of times marketing is like, oh, just do another event, do a campaign. Where's the process? Sales is even worse, right? It's totally like the Wild West. It's like a bunch of gunslingers hanging out in front of the saloon. Yeah, there's some of them that may be really, really good, but where's the processes that ensure consistent activity and consistent results across the entire sales team? So in Revenue Growth Engine, the bulk of the book is about saying what processes do we need to put in place to ensure that, um, that, that net new and cross-sell revenue is happening on a regular basis. And so that um, the sales and marketing function in a business becomes something that's predictable, mm -hmm. um, measurable, and improvable. And until you have processes in place, that doesn't happen. So what people are going to find in Revenue Growth Engine is really a, uh, a framework, um, just like you've got an engine in your car, it's got cylinders uh, that are firing. And if you get up tomorrow morning and go to start your car, or you're going home from work this evening, uh, if you're fortunate enough to go into the office and uh, you start your car and, and all the cylinders aren't firing, you'll know it, right? It's not gonna feel right. And when you go to get on the road, especially on the freeway, it's not gonna fire, feel right because the engine is not firing on all cylinders. What Revenue Growth Engine says is, is we really wanna break this down into the simple components of what are the core cylinders that need to be firing from a sales standpoint and a marketing standpoint in your business to drive net new and to cross sell. And when you can identify those cylinders and we help you identify which ones you need to put in place and aren't there right now, it's amazing. It's that difference between getting on the freeway and just kind of sputtering along and hoping you get to your des destination versus getting on the freeway with a sports car and putting your foot on the gas and feeling yourself pressed back into your seat as it accelerates. When we get all the sales and marketing cylinders in place, we're able to accelerate revenue growth and we're able to do it on a much more consistent basis. And that's what I want to unpack for people in the book is for them to be able to read the book, but also simultaneously take a look at their business and go, 
what's missing here? What cylinders do we need to put in place? And then we give ideas in terms of how to put those cylinders in place so you can accelerate your growth. I love this. And the part I really hit home and I was getting ready to debate and argue with you, but I can't. <laughs> because other than marketing and sales, I can't think of any department. I started thinking risk management. No, there's a process. Like every department has processes. And if you have processes, there's measures. That means there's a real report card. Like either I did or I didn't. Like without which. So that itself, there is a brilliant concept that you must have processes for marketing and sales. So you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. And today my VIP guest is Daryl Amy, growth architect. He helps companies accelerate to their revenue growth. But most importantly, he keeps everything very, very simple. And I really think that is a huge thing for all of us to learn from Daryl. So Daryl, this last section is about one thought, one sentence. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. So let's stay with revenue growth. Okay. So I'll ask you two situations and what advice do you have in each one of them? Number one, I'm a $4 million tech brand. What one thing I do during current times to grow revenue? I think the one thing that I've seen, I work with a lot of $4 million tech brands actually. And so the one thing you can do is put in a periodic business review process with your current clients. This is a great, if you're not doing this already, it's a great time to go back and set up regular, maybe quarterly meetings with your clients where you really work to understand their business. Mm -hmm. And in that, you're not only going to um, uncover new opportunities, you're also going to reduce your turnover. You're going to build client loyalty. And if you structure those right, you're also going to get referrals. So that process of quarterly periodic business reviews with your top clients, that's what I would do. Quarterly business review with top clients. Yes. Now I switch. I'm a regional B2B consulting company, just evolving, early days. One thing do I do in current times to grow revenue? Partnerships. Who else do you know that is already working with the organizations that you want to work with? Um, figure out that network and build partnerships inside that, uh, that ecosystem. So people who already have a bridge. So yes. Partner with them. To move forward. Yeah. If you're new, you need the credibility and, and that's one way to get credibility quickly is to build partnerships. Love that. So now we'll go beyond the world of revenue growth. Now I just want to talk to Daryl that leader, the visionary, what will be your advice to anyone in any walk of life, one thing to be a successful leader? Sabbaticals. So this has revolutionized my life, Arjun. In the last, it was about 10 years ago, a leader told me he took a quarterly sabbatical, which means he got off the grid for three days every quarter. Now, I know listening to that, that seems totally impossible. And it actually is. <laughs> it's nearly impossible. However, um, the busier you are, the more important it is to get away and get some perspective. I started doing that 10 years ago, every 90 days, and it's changed my life. So one thing when you come back from a sabbatical was like, what wows you about Daryl when he comes back from a sabbatical? I, a couple things. It, it's almost, uh, it's like recalibrating, right? It's, it's like in the busyness of 
business and life, you just get off course and disconnecting and having an opportunity to really focus in on what's important to you as an individual, what your actual goals are in your life. Um, and then to be able to take what you're doing and refocus it around those goals is something really, really important. Um, it's so easy, I think, to get off track. Certainly for me, it's easy to get off track and get dragged in certain directions. Having that uh, reset time every 90 days allows me to refocus on the things that are most important to me. Love that whole concept of sabbatical. Next is one thing, one thought about how do you define a big win? So I think a big win is going to be something that uh, companies talk about having multiple bottom lines. Um, and, and I think a big win is something that hits more than one area of one more, more than one bottom line in your life or in your business. So yes, a big win obviously is going to be something that um, is, is going to, in a business terms, going to lead to recurring revenue over a period of time. Um, but that big win, um, if there's another bottom line involved as well in terms of being able to um, help other people in your organization advance their careers mm -hmm. or add new people, that's a win for your company and your team. If it is a win that also allows you to give back uh, to nonprofits like we've talked about, there's another bottom line. And, and so I think a big win is going to be something that, that yes, works well from a revenue standpoint, but also has other impact in your life and your organization that, that is, is going to help ultimately other people in the world uh, be better. Mm -hmm. So most leaders completely rule out some obstacles in their mind. Some top athletes I've worked with, they remove the word no from a dictionary. What's mm -hmm. the word not in Daryl Ames dictionary? What's the word not? Yep. Hmm. The word not in my dictionary. I think, um, I, you know, so I, I've got several values that I live by. And uh, one of those values is integrity. But I define it a little bit differently than, than maybe some people would. Um, when I say integrity, I mean that I'm living from a whole heart, honest with myself and others. So, um, you know, to me, something that's a red light, that's a knot in my life is if I can't bring my whole heart to it. Go if ahead. I'm looking at an opportunity, uh, whether that's a business opportunity or even a personal relationship and go, I can't really bring my whole heart into this. Mm -hmm. um, that is, that's a, that's a knot for me. Love that. So Darren, you've talked a lot about processes. Okay? And I also feel that in the business world, success that comes with a process and has a plan the higher probability of getting repeated. Okay, random success doesn't mm -hmm. work. So Daryl Twin from 2020 could go back in time and meet that young Daryl, that kiddo who graduated from high school. What one advice would you give that kiddo that puts him in the right processes in life? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, my short answer is take more risks, but I think if I could have, um, I mentioned earlier doing sabbaticals for the last 10 years of my life. Uh, so I started that when I turned about 40. So I did about 20 years of my adult life without that. I think I got pulled in a lot of directions, um, without really understanding my focus. So, um, to really take time to sit down and define what you want 
out of life. Mm -hmm. um, if I had have done that at an earlier age and then found a cadence of time to go back and focus, refocus on those things I want, I think I would have moved forward faster. It took me a couple of decades to figure out that that's something I needed to do. Outside of that, you end up getting pulled in a lot of directions. Um, some may be good directions. Others um, just are rabbit trails in, in life and in career that uh, I think I could have avoided had I been more focused on what I wanted to achieve. Stephen Covey would say, begin with the end in mind, right? So yeah. I guess that's what I would advise my 20-year-old self is, hey, really begin with the end in mind. Set a goal. You can recalibrate it, but start with a destination. Love that. And finally, first thing, last thing, what's the first thing Daryl does when you start your day? And what's the last thing you do when you're finishing your work day? So um, when I get up in the morning, I begin my day with uh, 30 minutes of prayer and meditation. Um, and at the end of the day, um, and then the, from there, I begin to, to, re to do some reading and plan the day. At the end of my day, um, I actually look back over my plan for the day and, and evaluate myself. How did I do? What were my wins? What, what did I learn from today? Um, I actually score myself in four core areas of my life. And that way, you know, I'm able to take something into that next day that I learned from the previous day. Um, so that last, last thing of the day, it really just takes about 10 minutes to sit down and evaluate the day. Um, that's some of the most profitable time of, of my day every evening. So to me, I feel that within every person, there's a thread of consistency. For Daryl, the person who just shared with us at the beginning of the conversation that marketing and sales must have a process. To me, it's just brilliant that not only that, you talked about you have a 30 minute prayer and meditation, you have a 10 minute end of day reevaluation on four areas. Even here, Daryl Amy puts a process which has steps, <laughs> time, everything. Because to me, I think that's the true consistency. Because many a time, Daryl, you know that in the business world, we sometimes fall into the trap, trap of talking, but not walking the talk. That's right. And that was a great example. So Daryl, anything else you want to share before we finish the conversation? Wow, oh, Arjun, this has been a fantastic conversation. And, you know, I would, I would say, um, you know, along that line, um, it's the habits that make us, right? So whether we're talking about ourselves as individuals or we're talking about ourselves at co as companies, another word for process is habits. So, you know, what habits are you going to put in place that, that happen on a regular daily basis um, as an individual or a company, those are the things that make or break us. It's not, you know, you asked earlier, what's a big deal look like? The big deals are wonderful, but really what it comes down to is what am I going to commit to do today and every day? And those are going to be the things that, that drive your success as an individual and as a company. Love that. Thank you, Daryl. You're welcome. Thank you. So this was an incredible conversation. And a few nuggets that really stood out to me was number one, revenue growth starts with being excited. And you have to see the impact, not only to the brand, the business you're working for, but to see how it trickles and impacts the community 
And Daryl, it was really unique how you connected that to the brains and the financials that go and impact the nonprofits. The second part I really liked was how you defined the two drivers of revenue, which is so simple, is net new clients and more revenue per client, and then set goals. And then there was this very subtle, in a way, you showed us this mistake most of us make is, in most businesses, every department other than marketing and sales have processes. So why should we not have processes? Because that's very important. And finally, I really think that this was unique in the sense that you solved that age old debate between sales and marketing, where both of them want to claim the win, but neither want to take responsibility of a loss. And you just helped us by saying, guys, work together, which is a very generic advice, but then you broke it into specifics by saying, guys, number one, be aligned. Second, have a common language and a common focus. And finally, you guys are not the end. I really think that is grown-up advice by saying, guys, grow up. You are not the <laughs> end. You are both means to the end. At the end, what matters is revenue growth and as Daryl Amy specializes in, it's accelerated revenue growth. Thank you again, Daryl. My You're pleasure, Arjun. Always Absolutely. a great time. Absolutely. You're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. Please subscribe, share, and review this podcast with your friends. And I'll bring to you a great conversation with another leader from another walk of life, from another part of the world next week. Happy listening. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.